0: This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke.
1: Five minutes after five o'clock on a Thursday morning. How are you doing with the heat? I'm Farm Director Pam Yonke. Come on in. We're going to be talking about that in a moment with Stumak, our ag meteorologist. I'll tell you, today is when we start picking up not only the heat, but you know the humidity. As we said, by the time we get to the weekend, it looks like we're going to be into the 90s for today. Partly cloudy skies on the way. 88 are expected high. Tomorrow, partly cloudy and 89. And like I said, Saturday and Sunday, hang on, 90 degrees on Saturday, 91 on Sunday, 91 on Monday. Ooh, means our livestock are going to need our care. We'll talk more about that as we roll towards 6 o'clock. Is the weather influencing our markets at all? Our friend Bryce Knorr, Commodity Specialist, Farm Futures Magazine, FarmFutures.com, joins us live via Skype this morning. Don't forget, tomorrow is that big USDA report. Estimates on how many acres didn't get planted this year. What's the market think about that? And also up after 5.30, it's tough times as far as the farm economy is concerned, but farmers are still willing to invest, especially if it has to do with farm equipment that they need to get their job done. Kurt Blades from the Association of Equipment Manufacturers after
2: 5.30. We're on keeping Wisconsin strong.
3: If something unexpected happens to your business, wouldn't you want to be protected by a local Wisconsin-based insurance company that also protects thousands of other Wisconsin businesses? There's a local Rural Mutual Insurance agent office near you, and premiums paid here
4: stay here to keep Wisconsin strong.
2: Rural Mutual Insurance,
5: keeping Wisconsin
2: strong.
5: Scott Schultz on the northern end of the world's longest barn in Eau Claire. Over my years of farm news coverage. I've hit that ginseng industry quite a bit, and one thing I've learned, I learned early on, is that China and the export market is where everything is, where the ginseng market is concerned. The domestic markets aren't that strong for ginseng, and uh, Chinese people just love Wisconsin ginseng. Pam, tell us what's going on with where trade is
6: concerned with ginseng.
1: Yeah, you're right, Scott. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee here at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. It was probably one of the very first markets that got hit hard with tariffs, retaliatory tariffs on China. That happened at the end of 2018. Uh, Dave Schumacher is the vice president of the Wisconsin Ginseng Board. He can tell you all about it. He grows himself in Marathon City and uh, obviously is watching developments in the world marketplace. And as if that wasn't pain enough. For our Wisconsin ginseng growers, take a look at the wet weather. It all is coming in on uh, a business that is a long-term play. You plant the seeds and then you wait for four years before you see a crop. Dave Schumacher from Marathon City explained it all. First of all, we're about
7: three weeks behind schedule because of the cold spring here. The plants emerged about two weeks later and then put on top of it a cold, damp uh, time since that period. Um, we're probably pushing three three weeks behind schedule, which is not good, first of all. So we're, we're losing growth during the summer months here, but also the d- disease is a major factor for ginseng. Um, funguses are our major problem, and because the root is what we harvest and is growing in the ground, of course. The soil is not drying out now, so it is very susceptible to a number of different funguses at this point in time.
6: Yeah, right. Well, and this is for public, for human consumption, so you've got to really be careful, and you're very limited on what you can use.
7: Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, any of the products that we do use to help with funguses, um, of course, are, are strictly regulated, um, which is a good thing yeah, because it right. is a food food product, and we we are known for producing the top ginseng in the world. So that's a good thing, but at the same point in time, it does limit us in terms of trying to protect our crop from the diseases. And now explain for people, unlike
6: many crops that they might be thinking of, you don't just open a bag, put that down on the ground, and then have a crop that year. Ginseng's a long-term game. Explain that for him, Dave.
7: Yeah, so basically you're looking at a minimum of three to four years before harvesting it. So we typically will plant the ginseng in the fall of the year. It will emerge the following spring. And then from that point on, you're looking at a minimum of three growing seasons until it is mature for harvest. Ideally, you can get it even to the fourth year. But of course, during that time frame, it is a very labor-intense and expensive crop to grow. For one reason is that it grows underneath artificial shade, um, which it needs uh, to to produce or to grow. Um, So it is very, very expensive crop.
6: Well, so if anybody drives across on Highway 29 and they happen to see black shades out in the field, now you know what's under it. What What do you put on a price of that shade per acre, Dave?
7: Well, you know, you're you're basically looking at probably somewhere around $20,000 per acre yep. for the shade to start new. Yep. Um, yeah. Of course, you can use it over yep. a number of times, right. but that would just be one expense, of course. You'd be also looking at the seed expense, the straw, which is the straw mulch. The land is a huge expense, <laughs> just to mention that, because ginseng will only grow on one piece of land one time. So we continually need to move to new parcels of land. So that is one of the big expenses also. Now talk to me a little bit
6: about that. You guys have managed to be generational in ginseng production. How many acres are you running? And uh, tell me a little bit about the yield then.
7: Yeah, so it's, you know... Growers vary quite, quite a yeah, bit in right. our area. Right. We have some very large growers. Right. Um, we have a number of medium-sized growers. We also have some very small growers sure. who maybe do it as a part-time job. Right. Um, you know, in our operation, we're somewhere in that eight-acre range, okay. um, which is kind of in the middle, okay. but we, we feel that's where we, we can maximize our, our output, yeah, actually. Our absolutely. yields are, are better than growing bigger, yeah. and bigger is not always better. Yeah. Um, So that's what we kind of really strive for.
6: Okay, now let's talk a little bit about how your life's changed in the past 365 days or better. Uh, Since you're on the ginseng board, you've obviously had these conversations uh, probably a couple times every week, if I'm guessing. Uh, So give people a little sense on how your farming operations impacted not only by the weather, but you are a direct remnant of the international market.
7: Yeah, that is absolutely right so uh, about 85 percent of our crop will end up in china one way or another Um, and because of the tariffs being put on ginseng it without question has affected our market Um, there are a number of other trade barriers that we've run into um, because of those tariffs also, um, which are problematic for our industry. But without question, we're looking at a down market right now. So we're, we're hoping that this, this trade agreement does come through soon um, and it is beneficial for us in, in the future. But I just want to add, though, you know, we, we do understand in a way um, uh, the position that was taken by President Trump. I don't necessarily agree in terms of how we went about it, but we have, we have never, in my opinion, never seen what we would call as fair trade. We've always been paying a tariff for ginseng being taken into China, whereas Chinese ginseng has come into the U.S. for many years without any tariff. So I understand his point. To, you know, up to a certain extent, I right. guess I would say.
6: Right. Well, and, and like you said, this is something where it boils right down to impacting your bottom line. Now, let me ask you: ginseng, as as you said, it's a generational thing. Business is conducted differently than many other commodities, the corn, the beans. So, the people that you have done business with through the course of your life, your family's life, are they still talking to you, Dave? How has that impacted those personal connections?
7: Yeah, the demand for Wisconsin ginseng is still there. So we're not concerned about losing the demand. Yeah. It's just that when you add on the tariff and some of the, some of the, the, the trade issues that we're dealing with, it, it has affected it negatively.
6: Yeah, sure. Do, you know, like we said, we've had skin in the game for decades. Building these relationships, you're saying so far... The relationships are sustaining the business arrangements.
7: That is correct. That is correct. You know, and, and I'm optimistic. If we, if we come up with a trade agreement, that, hey, maybe, maybe 12 months from now, maybe everybody will be smiling once again.
6: Well, and tell me about, so last year's crop, as I understand, was harvested, and much of it is still here in Wisconsin waiting for a market. How long can that go on with ginseng in storage?
7: Well, ginseng, as long as it's stored properly, can be stored for, for at least a year okay. or more. Okay. Um, the problem is, is that if you have a carryover for, for <laughs> one year, you know, we're only four or five months away from the new crop coming out of the ground again. So that is, that is kind of worrisome uh-huh. um, that all of a sudden we have the new crop coming on the market and we're still sitting on maybe 40% of last year's crop. So somewhere along the way we need to get that straightened out.
6: No, just let's help them understand the very distinct difference between Wisconsin ginseng from your farm, certified Wisconsin ginseng, and what they see at Walgreens CVS. So the ginseng that you produce in early uh, 2018, before all this, how much was it worth then, Dave, versus how much you can get for it today?
7: Well, you know, I, I kind of like to talk about percentages because we're looking at different grades of ginseng and things like that. But right now we're looking at, um, since, since the, the whole trade negotiation thing started, our, our prices are down probably somewhere in the 30 to 40 percent range. Um, but, of course, that's off the top line. So that is, um, that, is, that is troublesome for our growers because that is the profit that has disappeared. Um, so that, that, is, that is a problem from that. Now, you also mentioned you know, the ginseng that you can purchase in Walgreens or something like that. I just want to mention that there's a big difference there. Most of the ginseng that you purchase, let's say you go to a Walmart or Walgreens like you mentioned, is not grown here in Wisconsin. It is the cheap variety of ginseng, what I like to call the cheap ginseng. It's either coming from, in many cases, from China. Um, or in some cases from Korea or Canada. You also need to take into into account that there are two types of ginseng that grow. We would grow the Panax quinquifolia species, which is the American ginseng, oftentimes referred to as American. The other type of ginseng would be the Panax ginseng, which is not native to the U.S. That would be native to either Korea or China. So there are also two types of ginseng that we're talking about.
6: Excellent. Well, very good point to be made. Now, uh, we were talking about the volume and uh, how long... So, how have you changed your farming operation in light of this, Dave? Are you guys still able to stay committed and and hold the line? A lot of the headlines are always, ah, farmers are exiting. Well, every farm is different, every farm operates on a different uh, margin. If this continues, have you had the discussion on do we switch acres out, do we try something else?
7: It's definitely, you know, that we've, we've discussed that already, uh, my brother and I, Jim. And, uh, but at the same point in time, because we're looking at such a, a long period crop, we've got three or four years of ginseng in the ground right now. So we will not see any change in terms of uh, the amount of
1: harvested ginseng for four years. So uh, that's, that's one of the problems. That's Dave Schumacher, Vice President of the Wisconsin Ginseng Board, a grower himself from Marathon City. The Schumacher family has been producing high-quality Wisconsin ginseng for more than 50 years. And like you said, once you make a commitment to ginseng, you're in it for the long run. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Farm Director Pam Yonke.
0: This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Outdoor traditions like hunting, fishing, trapping, and wildlife watching are an important part of Wisconsin.
8: Access to public land makes it easier for us to enjoy these activities.
0: Own more than 40 acres and want to keep these traditions alive? Then earn money through the DNR's Voluntary Public Access Program. Learn more. Search Share the Land at dnr.wi.gov. Funding provided by the U.S. Department of Agriculture,
9: NRCS.
10: Share the land and keep traditions alive!
9: Silver and gold shining forever. Diamonds and other exotic gemstones, some mined right here in the United States. Great prices, a helpful staff. Where can you find all of this? I'm telling you, Goodman's Jewelers. They've been in business for 85 years because they know how to treat their customers right. They've been a part of a lot of love stories in those 85 years, from engagement rings to wedding bands to necklaces, brooches. They even have officially licensed NCAA Bucky Badger. Your UW Jewelry. And if you've got a graduate who's maybe heading to UW, you may want to stop by Goodman's Jewelers to pick up that perfect gift. And they've got a gift for every occasion and someone to guide you along the way. Back in the day when I used to hear Jewelry Store, I thought there's nothing in there that I can afford. Stop in and talk to John and his staff and find out just how wrong we are. They've got some beautiful pieces at all price points. Their website, goodmansjewelers.com. Their location, 220 State Street. Same spot for those 85 years.
2: the best seat. Feel the energy. Up close and personal. Always enjoyable. Always memorable. Music, variety, comedy, and events. Online at crystalgram.com. The Crystal Music Theater. Your seat is the best seat.
3: It's Wisconsin's most complete farm show. This is the Wisconsin Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Good morning. It is 19 after 5, and this is Josh Scramlin filling in for Pam Yonke. And I am talking with Stu Mock, ag meteorologist. Morning, Stu. How are you?
5: Morning, Josh. Doing fine. How about you?
3: I'm doing good. I was looking at the radar, and it's uh, micro patches of rain. Otherwise, very, very dry for the most part and very, very humid (laughs)
5: Yeah, it's going to feel a whole lot more like summer, the humidity on the rise and that rain chance trying to wedge back in as well. Let's look at why this is all happening. We've got a front still kind of stationary. Yesterday, it was in Iowa and Nebraska, and there was rain there. That front extends now from, oh, around the Nebraska-South Dakota border in the west near well, Wyoming, and extends up into South Dakota, southwest Minnesota, back south through Iowa to Illinois and Indiana, and along the boundary, there is some rain, and that rain really prevalent in south-central North Dakota into South Dakota. Looks like some pretty strong weather in far southeast South Dakota this morning. Oh, that's not going to march on that front right toward Wisconsin, but it will try to build a bit further east. Low pressure is going to build in from the west, that front pushes up into the state as a warm front and the rain chance does finally arrive. I'd say La Crosse and Boston having a chance of a, a shower or a thunderstorm even late this afternoon. The rest of us most likely wait until tonight and the rain chance may linger into the day tomorrow. Now there's a big difference on, on rain estimates out of all of this. I've seen some indications of, you know, that quarter to three quarter inch amount of rain Maybe a localized inch could be seen. And then again, there's one map indicating parts of central Wisconsin, and that would be just around La Crosse. Further north could see an inch or two. I hope we don't have to deal with that, but that possibility is there. As this mild, moist, that means humid air builds in, that could result in some localized heavy rains in some areas, and it would appear right now that that bigger chance is in central Wisconsin. So hopefully in the south we're going to be staying just a little drier But even then, up to a half and three-quarters of an inch of rain may be seen overnight or into the day Friday, and it stays very warm, very humid right through Friday, right into the weekend. In fact, there will be 90-degree readings around the state as we look at Saturday and Sunday, and a little unstable weather then, another rain chance trying to build in after that heat for later Sunday on toward early next week. I'll check the forecast right after this.
0: To the soybean farmer.
8: There goes Pam Yonke across Wisconsin in her suburban truck. Thanks to Cleary Building Corp. They protect what you value. Visit ClearyBuilding.com to see the Cleary difference. Equity Livestock Cooperative. Marketing your livestock, financing your operation, and supporting the livestock community. And Wisconsin Farm Bureau is celebrating 100 years as the state's largest general agriculture organization. Join now at WFBF.com.
3: 23 after 5, and it is Josh Scramblin filling in for Pam Yonke with weather. I am talking with Stu Muck, ag meteorologist. Stu, I was looking at the humidity, 94% today in Wausau. Uh, Is that looking pretty consistent all throughout the state?
5: It's going to be just that way, Josh, that's unfortunate. We are going to stay on the very mild sticky side, 93% at Madison. Let's talk about some sunshine today and warmer temperatures. Although some clouds build in lacrosse and Boston with at least a slight chance of a shower or storm yet a bit later this afternoon, mid eighties. Most places upper eighties, lacrosse and Boston, Southeast and South winds about five to 10 overnight. Mostly cloudy showers, a few thunderstorms, that's where we talk overall some half to three-quarter inch amounts of rain. Upper 60s to around 70 overnight, south winds at five. Still some chance of a scattered shower or storm around into Friday, partly sunny, kind of muggy and warm. Mid-80s in the south, upper 80s, lacrosse and Mostyn, south winds at five to ten. Mostly sunny Saturday, a slight chance of an isolated shower or storm. But here's where we start moving into the upper 80s everywhere. La Crosse and Mauston upper 80s, almost 90 degrees on Saturday. So, Josh, it's going to be warm, and you add that 80 90% humidity. Going to be a real sticky one coming up by the weekend.
3: Oh, wow. I You haven't met me in person yet, but I am a sweater, so that is not good news for me.
5: <laughs> ice, and air, <laughs> ice and air conditioning.
3: <laughs> yes, exactly. All right, thank you so much, Stu. We will catch up with you tomorrow, okay? See you then. Yep. And looking at current conditions right now, Madison, mostly sunny and 63. Eau Claire, 61 and sunny at the moment. It's clear in La Crosse in 67 and in Green Bay, sunny and 61. In Wausau, 56, one of the cooler temperatures this morning, but also mostly sunny in Wausau. Oshkosh, sunny as well with 63 degrees. And right now in Mauston, it is looking to be 71 and sunny. I'm Josh Scramlin with weather.
9: This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. There is no reason to be intimidated by words like gold
11: Being in the Army National Guard is about more than just serving your country. It's about being there for your community when your neighbors need you most. The Army National Guard makes college affordable. Serving part-time lets you attend school full-time while you take advantage of education benefits that can help you graduate debt-free. If a civilian career is your goal, serving part-time allows you to work at a full-time job. The skills, qualities, and contacts you will develop in the Guard can open doors to a great civilian career. Want to serve but worried about being away from friends and family? Part-time service in the Army National Guard allows you to serve close to home. Serving in the Army National Guard lets you have the life you want while you enjoy the many benefits of serving your community and nation. You owe it to yourself to learn more about how the Army National Guard can fit into your life. Visit NationalGuard.com.
0: Sponsored by the Wisconsin Army National Guard. Aired by the Wisconsin Broadcasters Association and this station. Ladies and gentlemen, we're here at the Uptown Karate Club, where we're about to witness an incredible display of, well, it's hard not to call it anything but a display of stupidity. Hey, buddy, do you really want to whack that pile of two-by-fours with the part of your body that you think with? You know, there are easier ways to prove you're a... Whoa! That's gotta hurt. Like I was saying... There are easier ways to prove you're a man. For instance, registering with Selective Service when you turn 18 shows that you're a man who's responsible and in charge of his life. Plus, it guarantees that you'll have the chance to receive college loans, job training, and government jobs. And best of all, it doesn't hurt a bit. Register with selective service within 30 days of your 18th birthday. Online at www.sss.gov or at your local post office. That's a nasty
9: hurt.
0: Is that a splinter?
9: Agronomy, feed, propane, agri-finance, fuels, and more. Insight FS is your supplier of choice. Insight FS Propane is proud to serve the communities they live and work in. The driver's top priorities are the safety and comfort of their customers, competitive prices, contracting, delivery, and more. Live local, buy local. From energy to agriculture, on the farm, at your business, or at home, make Insight FS your valued partner. Visit InsightFS.com for a location near you. Hi, I'm Travis Ganser. We hear you. You need new windows. Ganser Company is proud to introduce
5: 80 years and 80 minutes. Simply put, you need real information and pricing so you can make a good decision and spend your precious time with your family and friends, not contractors failing to call you back, taking weeks to get you an estimate, or the high-pressure sales pitch you dread. Our 80 years of hindsight for 80 minutes of your time. We give you the skinny in 80 minutes to make an educated decision.
3: With the huge swing in temperatures from below zero to the upper 90s, Danzer Company has the only window made for Wisconsin climate. Infinity windows from Marvin offer a lifetime warranty. Bring on the ice, wind, and the heat. Infinity windows don't warp, crack, or fade like vinyl windows. Call today, 608-222-1243. Or stop into our showroom and see the Infinity Window Experience.
9: Remember,
5: 80 years and 80 minutes from a local family business of four generations. It's that simple. Dancer, that's the answer.
1: As you can imagine, the historic flooding last year washed out many roads, driveways, and parking lots. DRS Asphalt is proud to have been called upon to make repairs at Greenway Station, American Girl, and many others.
12: DRS Asphalt Paving, your local family paving company using long-lasting superior ingredients that withstand Wisconsin's weather.
4: Visit DRSPaving.com DRS
8: Paving and
0: Asphalt If you don't use DRS It's your own asphalt
13: Reporter extraordinaire The man in Milwaukee Our Milwaukee man Cody Grant See, is why, Cody, is that why you picked Becky Lynch? Because if, if she's referred to as the man and you're our man in Milwaukee. Like, are you the man? But And you like Becky Lynch because she's the man? Did I uncover a conspiracy theory Friday two days early?
8: I mean, I've always liked Becky Lynch. But when she became the man, it was even just that much better.
13: I yeah. like it. I like it. Uh, well, uh, and then uh, maybe, you know, Seth Rollins and, and Becky Lynch are doing the uh, mixed tag team at the next pay-per-view. It should be Cody Grant and Becky Lynch. At, yeah, get uh, Seth Extreme Rollins Rules. out of there,
8: Cody. You're in. Hey, I'm trying to, man. I've been doing that for years, but Seth Rollins is really making it tough on me.
13: Well, you know what's been tough on Brewer fans, Cody, is Keston Hira's shredding of the minor leagues and Travis Shaw and throwing Jesus Aguilar's continued futility at the major league level. I mean, to me, I don't know how you would... I'm about advancing stories and I'm not like beating topics into the ground. I don't know what else to say. Like, what is there left to say at this point as to why Hira's not on the Brewer's roster?
8: I don't know, and... You know, when I talk about this, I do tend to stick up for Shaw and Aguilar in a sense of they need those two guys to be good, uh, to go far. But at the same time, how do you not have Hira on the major league roster in the way that he is playing? And right. you see how much they're struggling. Their offense has actually been pretty good lately. It hasn't really been the problem. It's been starting pitching. But still, if you have Hira on this roster right now, He's going to help the team, and I like what they've been doing with Yasmani Grandal batting leadoff. Another home run last night. Yeah. Uh, Christian Yelich had a bad night. It was only his third time in a Brewers uniform that he's gone hitless in five at bats. Uh, so I guess you know you could send him down now too. I'm just kidding, but uh, <laughs> I mean was. like it, it just I don't understand why Hira isn't up. Like in the sense of I've always been saying you need Sean Aguilar to be good, or at least one of them to be good for this team to go far. So I get the idea of continue to let Shaw try to get his at-bats and try to get going, try to get hot. Same thing with Aguilar. But at the same time, uh, you're all at the All-Star break, and you're a game out of first place right now. And if you can help this team win ball games. Why aren't you going to
10: him? Well, Cody, I mean, you talk about giving Shaw, like, time, and you, and maybe you understand it, but how long do you realistically give him? Because Keston Hira is just – he's not knocking on the door. He's pounding on the door to let him in. How long do you realistically give Hira? Or, I mean, sorry, Shaw. Uh,
8: I don't know. I mean, uh, you you mentioned it. Uh, you know, he's here's a professional hitter. <laughs> yeah. When he came up for the Brewers in, in the 17 games, a five home runs, he was batting two eighty one he fit right in. Uh, defense left a little to be desired, but you know you can work through that for now. And just uh, because what he gives you offensively, you take the good with the bad on defense. And uh, the way uh, Moose has been playing at third base, Arcia, uh, the way he plays defense at shortstop. And then they had a few errors uh, last night in that fourth inning. One went to Davies. Uh, I think the other one went to uh, Shaw actually. But they need help with his team right now because their struggles with starting pitching. And I, yeah, I just, guys, I don't get it either. Um, like I said, I, I, I try to follow Stearns, and uh, he's smarter than us. You know, that's why he's in that position, and we are not. I mean, if the majority of Brewers fans are the GM of this team, there'd be nobody left on this team because they would cut everybody. But uh, here, uh, if he can help this team, I, I, I just don't – there's nothing more to say. I don't know why he's not up.
10: All right, Cody, so let me ask you. I, I know you're at Miller Park a lot. You're covering the Brewers. you got your reporting hat on. You're doing your duties. Tomorrow is an off day for you, though. And you are coming to um, our event you know, at Miller Park, We're taking the party bus up there. All of us have decided that we're going to pop our shirts off and
8: body paint free
10: Hira <laughs> and stand in the you know stand in our seats. Will you join us with that? Will you pop a shirt off and well, write one of the letters? Of course,
8: under? I'll join you with that. My I
10: man.
13: guess I've been
8: working out the last two
13: months. <laughs> man, and hell if yeah. you if you don't, we have Nelson, so we could fit free Keston Hira <laughs> and all his family and all his friends on Nelson's stomach. So we do have that going for us as well.
10: That sounds good. Now, did you hear what, before I ask you about, you know, Adrian Hauser starting and whatnot, did you hear what Nelson had to say earlier today, by chance, about the Chicago Cubs and his fandom of them? No, I did not. Nelson? Cody, if they don't make any moves,
9: this could be bringing Keston here up, bringing any other name that we haven't heard of up yet, or making a trade by July 15th. I will wear a Cubs hat the rest Oof. of the season, Oof. and we will see it on Twitch God. every single day. Don't worry
8: about that, then, because they're going to make moves, guys. Turns have made moves the last two trade deadlines.
0: This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Already
1: 535 now on a Thursday morning. Stand by Bryce Nor, commodity specialist, Farm Futures Magazine, FarmFutures.com, joining us live via Skype about 15 minutes from right now. It uh, looks like the market's a little anxious about a lot of different things, but uh, we'll get Bryce's opinion on that. In just a moment, I'm Pam Yankee. Now, from the Landmark Services Cooperative Agri News Desk, here's what's happening on a Thursday. Did you know on this date, back in 1837, the Milwaukee Sentinel was founded? For a lot of you folks, uh, I think that's uh, the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel today, but uh, the original Milwaukee Sentinel newspaper, the oldest newspaper in the state, founded on this date back in 1837. That is amazing. Also on this date, in 1956, the film Moby Dick premiered. And you know what? Didn't do real well at the box office, but now today, film critics think it's a major work. So there you go. Things you didn't know, but now you do. As we roll towards six o'clock this morning, you know, we've talked often about how the farm economy continues to struggle, but farmers are still willing to invest in technology and uh, things that they need to get their job done efficiently. And that includes tractors. Kurt Blades is the Senior Vice President for Agricultural Services at the Association of Equipment Manufacturers in Milwaukee. They routinely serve their members to find out how sales are pacing and despite the soft ag economy he says sales are actually holding pretty firm
12: well we at the uh, we at aem we we do track the equipment numbers every month uh in a number of different categories and the overall picture is if you look at the total number of tractors they're up across the board but when you get into some of the specifics and this is probably what your dealers and your and your farmers are talking about um, in some of the uh, specific markets, there are some uh, there are some soft spots. Really, what's driving the overall numbers being up is that the under forty horsepower tractor segment has absolutely been on fire for about two years, and we're currently at about ten to twelve percent year over year up over last year, which was already ten percent up year over year from the year before. So that's a lot of volume that's driving a lot of tractor sales. But as you uh, kind of uh, understand, is like that's not necessarily a lot of farmers. That's representative of the overall economy in general.
1: Well, that's good to see, and it's it's also important to make that uh, differentiation. So let's talk a little bit about uh, what's rolling in farm fields right now. We got a lot of four wheel drive. We've got some of that heavier two wheel drive. Uh, you know, the work's got to get done, uh, Kurt. I guess that also is reflected in the numbers we see. You bet. The, uh, the,
12: the, you know, the, the 40 and above, which falls into, you know, 40 and 100 and 100 plus and then articulated four wheel drive. I mean, those numbers have been soft, uh, you know, year over year. I think what, what that's a really good reflection of we're in a replacement market. And, you know, despite the, the farm economy not necessarily being as favorable as it need to be, despite those, uh, trade, uh, you know, rumblings that you, that you hear about, the simple fact is, is that sometimes it's just time for a piece of equipment to get replaced. And, uh, you know, I grew up on a farm in Missouri and, you know, they ask, well, what, how much longer is that tractor going to last? Well, the answer is typically one more year. Um, but sometimes that one more year just becomes a, a time where a farmer feels it's time for them to replace. So that's what we've really been seeing in that, uh, in that two wheel drive tractor between 40 and 100 and 100 plus. Well, we've seen some modest gains, maybe some, some slight decreases but basically flat there's been some surprises in that articulated four-wheel drive uh tractor range where those uh those tractors have actually been selling uh you know percentage-wise uh quite a little bit uh, year over year but it's important to say percentage-wise because we're not talking about a lot of volume here right. so we've we've sold about 200 more uh, articulated four-wheel drives this year than we did uh this time last year uh that's a that's a nice jump but it's still, it's a small percentage of the overall market.
1: Now, one other note that I want to focus in on a bit there, Kurt, is what's going on in in Canada. You know, like you said, we talk about, a lot about the trade numbers. Well, Canada is so close to us. I think many times we feel whatever we're living through, they're living through. What's going on there?
12: Well, Canada is a different story. And, and you know, our friends north of the border are really seeing some softness in the uh, in the market. And that's, there's a number of things that come into play there, but what our members are telling us more than anything else is that that um, that has to do with the exchange rate and how that's affecting the price of the used equipment is what we're kind of hearing is is really what's driving the some of the slowdowns that we've seen in the Canadian market. So year over year, uh, I mean they're they're down ten to ten to twenty percent in pretty much all categories, again with the exception of that under forty horsepower. Pretty much in all categories uh, down in in the in the whole country of Canada, um, and that's and that's obviously that's that's tough time for some of those dealers up in Canada. On the flip side, the Canadian market saw the signs of recovery about eighteen months ago, where the U.S. market started to see those only about twelve months ago. So they were a leading indicator of this replacement market. It's just unfortunate that they're also kind of a a leading indicator of perhaps the softness that we're, that we're anticipating in the uh, equipment market overall.
1: Kurt Blades, he is the Senior Vice President of Agricultural Services for the Association of Equipment Manufacturers out of Milwaukee. So, like he said, if a farmer needs that equipment to get the job done, they're still ready to invest. But we're going to have to watch these trends through the end of this calendar year. Speaking of trends, we're looking at the markets in just a moment. And then Bryce Knorr, Commodity Specialist, Farm Futures Magazine, joining us before 6. This sound of summer can turn deadly. Every year, 9,400 kids are injured in lawnmower accidents. Here's a simple safety tip to keep in mind. 6, 12, 16 to save lives and limbs. When mowing, kids under 6 stay inside. 12 years of age are ready to use a push mower when supervised. Riding mowers can be operated when children turn 16. 6, 12, 16 to save lives and limbs. A message from UW Health and American Family Children's Hospital.
3: As a company founded by farmers, Rural Mutual Insurance has long understood the unique needs of the Wisconsin ag industry. As Wisconsin's number one farm insurer, they're a proud sponsor of Farm Tech Days. Visit the Rural Mutual Safety Zone tent at Farm Tech Days in Johnson Creek, July 23rd through 25th. Go to RuralMutual.com win to enter for your chance to win state fair tickets.
2: Rural Mutual Insurance Keeping Wisconsin
11: strong
1: 5.42 on the clock, Bryce Noor just around the corner. Let's find out what the market's chatting about for a Thursday morning. Here's Mark Oppold. And our bottom line.
2: Bottom line report has worked a few more numbers before tomorrow's reports. Both Iowa State University and University of Illinois recently releasing data that suggests we should be looking at a national average corn yield in the 155 to 165 per bushel range. So many high yielding acres either unplanted, under stress or underwater, which leads us to another point here today. There are tens of thousands of acres planted that are underwater, or at least heavily flooded, and they're not going to be producing anywhere near 155 to 165 bushels per acre. So how does that change ending stocks? This is the Bottom Line Report. You can feed less hay, reduce the number of days your cattle are on feed, using Lactopro Advance from MS Biotech. It's for beef and dairy cattle. Learn more at msbiotech.com. We still keep December corn upward target at 480, 482. November soybeans need to close 924 or better tomorrow. That's a 200-day moving average. Watch that number. And July Chicago wheat hit our 545 target at their high yesterday. Let's see if that can hold from here. That's our bottom line. I'm Mark Ophold, wishing you a profitable day.
1: Markets are trying to rebound a little bit on a Thursday morning. Yesterday was a red ink day for corn and soybeans, but right now December corn's up three quarters of a cent, four fifty-five even. November beans are up a penny and a half, nine nineteen and three quarters. July wheat, that's having another strong overnight session up a dime right now, five fifty-three and three quarters. Barrel cheese was unchanged on Wednesday at one seventy two. Forty pound black cheese finished down a quarter of a cent at one eighty four and a quarter, while double A butter. On Wednesday, up a quarter of a cent, two forty-two a pound. The fluid milk contracts. July, no movement overnight, still at 1708. August milk also unchanged, 1743 a hundred weight. So everybody's excited about tomorrow's USDA report. You heard Mark talking about it. What does Bryce Noir have to say about it? He joins us live via Skype next. This
0: is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke.
11: A skincare minute with skincare expert
3: Michelle Neeson. Botox is very safe. We've used it for many years. Botox is a purified protein. It's used to relax wrinkles in your face, such as in the forehead and crow's feet, lines around the eyes. These treatments at Rejuvenation Clinic of Sock Prairie are virtually pain-free and are very simple and quick. They are more affordable than you would think, being a fraction of what a facelift might cost, but the result is very natural, softening of the lines and wrinkles. Most people tell me that their friends don't notice, that they just look rested and they look better. Visit the experienced medical professionals at Rejuvenation Clinic of Suck Prairie for natural, long lasting confidence and beauty. View our specials at sockprairie.com
9: Your old gas yard tools have met their match. Right now, the Home Depot has Father's Day savings on the Ego 56-volt cordless trimmer and blower combo kit. Just 249 bucks. It has the performance of gas without the hassle. It's two powerful tools powered by a 56-volt lithium-ion battery platform. And right now, it's at a price no one can match. Today is the day for doing with the Ego trimmer and blower combo, just 249, only at The Home Depot. More saving, more doing while supplies last.
10: Your home is important. That's why Geico helps make it easy to save on homeowner's insurance because home is more than just a place. Home is where you have a cute little reading nook for those rainy days when you want to curl up with a good book, but you don't even read. So you just sit in there during thunderstorms and scroll through memes on your phone and laugh in the darkness. The GEICO Insurance Agency could help protect the dark, meme-filled corner you call home. Call GEICO and see how easy it is to switch and save on homeowner's insurance.
0: You can hear her clearly even in a barn full of cows. This is the Wisconsin Farm Report with Pam Young.
1: All right, 547 now on a... Thursday morning, 66 in Lacrosse, 63 in Boston, Fond du Lac, 61, Oshkosh, 63 in Madison. Right now, it's a sticky 66 degrees. I got to believe weather is at least something they're talking about in Chicago. Let's find out. Bryce Noor, Commodity Specialist, Farm Futures Magazine, FarmFutures.com, joining us live via Skype. So, is weather at all on the minds of traders or is it all about the G20 and what's going on there?
4: Well, a little bit. uh, I think folks taking a look at the weather overall, uh, kind of plus and minus in terms of uh, the growing conditions for crops. So we're getting some more warmth. Uh, A lot of areas need that. But uh, the forecast does remain wet for the the most two weeks. And after some storms on the northern plains uh, this morning, it's going to turn downright hot in Nebraska, South Dakota. We'll have temperatures Saturday over 100 degrees, although it doesn't look like that type of heat wave is going to stick around long. So weather kind of a mixed bag at this point, uh, providing some seasoning, like you say, for the uh, upcoming events of the next day or two, which should really set the stage for our markets the rest of the summer.
1: Yeah, you know, for the acres that did get planted, this is the kind of weather that really is going to bring on growth for sure. Speaking of the acres that got planted, tomorrow's the big report, Bryce. What's uh, What are analysts and uh, private estimators guessing?
4: Well, I'm uh, around 87 million acres for corn. Uh, that would be down almost 6 million from USDA's March intentions, uh, 3 million, uh, 2 million or so, 3 million from what they uh, cut that to in June. The trade is uh, pretty much around there. Wide variety of estimates, because some people are, are looking at what the final figure may be. And uh, I think when all is said and done, uh, we could uh, be down another 4 million in terms of uh, what we actually harvest. Uh, but it's going to take time for that uh, data to come in. Uh, for soybeans, uh, trade kind of mixed ideas, basically not a whole lot of change. I'm looking for a little lower uh, acres there. Uh, But uh, this June report, the survey was done in the first two weeks of June. So probably not going to catch a lot of what was going on uh, with late planting of soybeans.
1: Okay, well, we'll wait on that. Uh, Export report out today, we get numbers. Anybody have a trickle of business that they're talking about this morning?
4: Well, we'll be waiting to see if uh, the uh, corn business, uh, the old crop corn numbers uh, stay pretty terrible as we uh, ration uh, demand with higher prices and foreign buyers unsure about supplies are turning to uh, Brazil and Argentina for what they need. Uh, The soybean numbers, the old crop soybean numbers have been pretty good lately. We'll see if that continues, uh, a sign that uh, the world likes cheap soybeans. We'll see if there's any new Chinese business uh, coming on the books ahead of this uh, meeting Saturday between President Trump, President Uh, Xi. The big question is China has uh, 220 million bushels of unshipped sales on the books. Are they going to take delivery on those or perhaps use those as a bargaining chip?
1: So they think that this is actually a meeting that's going to happen? There's a lot of talk that they think they're very close to getting a deal done again.
4: Well, the, the, some people in the administration are trying to kind of break out the happy talk again. Uh, they're saying that they have 90 percent of a deal. That last 10 percent could be pretty tough, though. And uh, even the optimists seem to be saying that it could be could take until the end of the year uh, to really uh, work out uh, the final details of any type of agreement. What that means for tariffs Uh, is anybody's guess at this point. I suppose,
1: I suppose. All right, let's uh, talk a little bit about outside markets. So uh, Dow Jones industrial average had been pretty strong. What's going on with our energy complex? What do we need to keep an eye on?
4: Well, last week, uh, the crude oil inventories in the U.S. dropped sharply 12.8 million barrels uh, due to a combination of lower production Uh, The company took rigs out of production when prices uh, dipped down around uh, $51 a barrel. Also, we had weaker imports and we had record crude oil exports last week. So our stocks dropped sharply. Uh, That contributed uh, to more gains in crude oil, which uh, almost hit 60 bucks. Uh, Crude oil also uh, gaining due to ideas that OPEC is going to extend its cuts through the end of the year, and of course, the ongoing tensions with Iran. Uh, We're pulling back today. There's just kind of a general uh, retracement now, nervousness as we wait for this uh, G20 summit and uh, just see what goes on. Uh, There are going to be a lot of meetings, uh, so uh, potentially uh, perhaps some good news, perhaps some bad news.
1: Yeah. So uh, what else are you kind of keeping an eye on? Obviously, between now and when we talk to you on Tuesday, Bryce, a whole lot could develop. We've got the report tomorrow. We've got export numbers today. And like you said, the big gorilla in the room is that uh, G20. So where are you channeling your attentions?
4: Well, uh, I'm going to be watching uh, to see how these uh, charts hold up after the report comes out tomorrow at uh, 11 a.m. Central Time. Uh, we uh, broke the uptrend in the corn market. Uh, the, if you draw a line off the May and June lows, we broke through that yesterday. That's a bearish, uh, bearish signal, particularly when it happens in June. We're close to breaking that line in soybeans. Uh, so if the market is disappointed by the numbers that USDA releases tomorrow, and I think there's a, there's a good chance that it, that, uh, uh, that it will be, uh, we could see uh, the markets uh, get a bit of a test here. Uh, but uh, as I caution folks, uh, with these late planting years, it can take uh, months uh, for the final story to be told on just how uh, large or small these crops are. Uh, so we have to kind of avoid, uh, I think, panic reactions to this.
1: Hey, uh, you know, this unplanted acre deal that we're going to hear a little bit about tomorrow, has USDA announced, are they going to be resurveying officially or what's uh, what's our Information flow looking like.
4: You know, I haven't seen any uh, any uh, uh, press releases on that. Uh, typically, when we get these unusual year years, they do uh, survey again. Uh, normally, they probably wouldn't do an acreage survey until October, but uh, they could do one. Uh, perhaps as early as next month.
1: All right, well, we'll keep an eye out for that. Very good, my friend. We appreciate the help. We will keep an eye on what happens today with the export numbers, keep an eye on what happens tomorrow with that USDA crop report. Bryce Nor, commodity specialist, Farm Futures Magazine, farmfutures.com, joins us live via Skype every Tuesday and Thursday to give you some of the leading indicators on what's driving the trade. Remember, farmfutures.com. You can read his uh, opening commentary and updated comments after 7.30. Tomorrow we are checking in with Dr. Sean Conley, University Extension Soybean Specialist. So now, supposedly, you can plant corn and soybeans and or soybeans on those prevent plant acres and still qualify as far as uh, the government programs are concerned. What does that mean? What do we have to think about as far as strategy to make that pencil out? Cover crops and the like. That's what we're talking about tomorrow morning right here, brought to you courtesy of the Wisconsin Soybean Checkoff.
0: This is The Farm Report with Pam.